Hello, and welcome back to season three of What Do Scientists Do? This is the show where we talk to expert guests and learn about what science they do, how they do it, and why they do it. My name is Mab, and today I got to talk to Colin Vibert. Colin teaches us all about a field called biostatistics and how we can use math to make healthcare better. But what are statistics, and how does ChatGPT help our computer programs? And what does all of this have to do with why writing skills matter? We're doing math after all. Well, we answer these questions and more. So let's jump in and find out. Hello, and welcome back to What Do Scientists Do? This is a show where we talk to wickedly smart guests and learn all about what they do and what science has got to do with it. Today, we're going to talk about a field called biostatistics. So biostatistics as a word might seem complicated, but we can actually break it down into smaller parts and we get two recognizable bits. So you probably recognize the word bio or the study of living things. And then we also have statistics. So statistics goes hand in hand with probability usually, and this is something you might've learned about in school. Uh, so to statistics is all about collecting and looking at data about certain things. So if we put this whole word pizza together into a whole pizza again, we actually have the study of uh, data and using data to figure out how living things work. So that's just kind of the MAB analysis, MAB synthesis of what this all means. So luckily, we actually have an expert here to talk to us about what that actually means. So here's Colin. So hi, Colin. Thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, do you want to introduce yourself with your name and pronouns? Yeah, um, so my name is Colin Vibert, and my pronouns are he, him, and his. Uh, and what kind of scientist are you? I am a biostatistician. Um, so I, I think I think your description was um, very accurate. Um, and I, I work with um, in the in the life sciences pharmaceutical industry. Um, and and also have done some work um, in in other in other areas um, in in healthcare. Yeah. So something that I kept kind of running into when I was looking up biostatistics was was how much it has to do with healthcare. So what do you do in healthcare? What does a biostatistician do in healthcare? A biostatistician in healthcare will often be working either at a hospital or a uh, pharmaceutical company or a um, agency and they will be helping to um, for a, a disease area or for a, um, a medical product um, will be looking to understand it understand the product uh, better or understand the disease better and and we do that with numbers essentially yeah, so numbers, we get all of this data, maybe hospitals are constantly collecting data about like how many patients there are, or maybe like what kind of diseases or illnesses are bringing them into the hospital. And then you take all that data and you work it into knowledge or like understanding. Yeah, exactly. So with with in in Canada and and um, in, in most in most countries, um, but in Canada, uh, we we have um, a lot of uh, science that gets published, and we also have um, agencies that require for pharmaceutical products output to be to be recommended and recorded. So when a when a product is being developed, um, we need to be very open and transparent about about how well it works and what are the possible safety risks, and and we use data for understanding that better. This all kind of feeds into the scientific method as well. So you maybe have a hypothesis, so you have a question, and then you maybe have an experiment. And then after your experiment is done, you have all of this 
data or the results. And then from there, you just have raw numbers. So you need to know what to do with the actual numbers, right? Absolutely. Yeah. With with statistics, having a plan and following through with the plan is very important. Yeah, exactly. You want to be able to have numbers that you can kind of work with. So do you specifically work with like collecting data about pharmaceuticals or do you work in a hospital? Yeah, so I work right now for a company that is um, doing work uh, with pharmaceutical companies. And so we're focused on the performance of different pharmaceutical products and medical devices on how they perform um, for a specific disease. Okay, that's really cool. So if you're comparing like treatments, for example, maybe if you're comparing like different cancer treatments, if one treatment is more efficient than the other. Exactly. Awesome. So this might be kind of a tricky subject or a tricky question here, but if you had to summarize what you do to like, if Colin had a billboard across Canada, what would you put on your billboard to like summarize what you do? Well, that's a good question. I would put, I would say planning. Um, I, I, I plan a lot and I um, do computer coding um, a lot. And I am thinking and reading and doing research um, for uh, understanding data uh, methods and data analysis better. So when you talk about planning, what kind of things do you have to plan for? Yeah, so whenever you want to do, just like you said with the scientific method, whenever you want to do a study, before you do the study, you have to have a good understanding of what you want to do and what data you want to collect. That means you need to have a plan written out of what you're going to actually end up doing um, before you do it. And so what that means is, let's say you want to study um, how well a, a medical device is performing for a, a disease, you need to first specify, well, what are we going to measure? When we say that we want to see if the device is performing well, what score do we use to measure that? So we, we would plan by thinking about what score is important, what scores are important, um, additional data, demographic data, so data about like the age of the patients, the, the race of the patients, the location, all of that is also important to figure out how we're going to characterize our population. Because with health studies, um, it's very important that you are collecting accurate populations that represent the patients and the disease correctly. If, if you don't, then the conclusions you arrive at will be biased. So you want to make sure that you're collecting enough data that represent what's actually going on. So one of the things about statistics, Colin, you could correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm, I don't do this for a living and it's been a while since I took a stats course. But one thing about stats is that stats aims to collect small representations, comparatively small representations about a wider population because it's just not possible to ask every single person every single question. So what statistics tries to do is ask a couple people, a diverse and representative group of people, a couple things to then get an idea or try to predict a larger population. So it sounds like in health sciences as well, you want to make sure that you're 
predicting accurately because these are people's health and wellness on the line. You want to make sure that you're doing a good job to represent everybody, which I think is really cool and something that I never really thought about, I guess. Yeah, that's that's um, exactly right on. Um, you want, you, you know, if you have, let's say, let's say the the, the medical device could be um, given to um, 10,000 people in North America, um, you would you would not really be able to go out and and collect from all 10,000 people. So so you use statistics to try to um, uh, understand um, how this device performs um, with a with a much smaller sample, say a hundred. And I guess another thing that's kind of sticking out to me is that you work in healthcare. And at least when I was younger, I thought working in healthcare meant being a doctor or being a nurse. Um, and it's cool to see. I mean, that your job is just one example of working in healthcare and the healthcare industry that has an impact on people's health and wellness without being, you know, a doctor or a nurse, but still being kind of health oriented. There's a lot of people working behind the scenes on health, which is something I think I always forget about and maybe other people do. Absolutely. I, I would say from my experience so far, I, I don't have experience working um, as a healthcare worker, as say a frontline healthcare worker, like a nurse, a doctor, um, a physician's assistant, but it is very important. I, I've found, um, and and I believe this, that that monitoring disease and monitoring uh, the performance of products um, that are used to treat disease are very very frequently and continuously done, um, so that you have a good understanding of how well the treatments are um, and how well uh, and how much better you can be. I think the, that's that's really an important part of healthcare is that we're always thinking of developing better treatments to help patients more. And so that's that's what the the research avenue brings. Whereas um, if you're a frontline worker, you're doing your very best to to treat with the with the means you have available. So your job is kind of looking in the future and trying to come up with ways to make healthcare in the future better as well. Exactly. Yeah. Cool. So another question is you mentioned computer programming and I was just curious about how much of your job is sitting in front of a database and doing the nitty gritty computer programming and like what computer programming and coding has to do with your job. Yeah, I would say, um, so I, I, as a as a biostatistician, I, I do a lot of work in uh, the R programming language. Um, there are also other languages um, like SAS, SAS, and SPSS that can that can do uh, a, a computer programming to some extent. But R is R is a very popular one right now. Um, and I would say probably fifty to sixty percent of my day is spent on a given day doing some coding in some in some form. Um, but I am someone who is, um, because I have a math and statistics background from university, I'm kind of known within my company as being someone who is a math and stats and coding person, so they go to me. Um, other biostatisticians are a little bit less number, less coding focused, and they can still do uh, really, really great work um, and, and, and bring a lot to the table and contribute um, more in the planning and methods phase. But in terms of in terms of a division of what I do, I do probably a yeah, 50-ish percent coding, and then um, the other the other 
amount of, of what I do is done um, in terms of planning or writing. Um, report writing is, is also important. And, and I think this is something that sometimes people will think, students will think, and I remember I thought this when I was in high school, that, you know, there's, there's an art stream and then there's a science stream and you don't if you're you know if you're artsy you you uh you can write and if you if you do science you can't write um and and that changes you have to develop your writing skill um the further along in science you go there's a lot of writing in science and it's it's a different kind of writing than than creative writing um but but yeah i'd say that's uh, the other the other part of of what i do for for work but um not to derail the coding part um a lot of a lot of what i do is is looking at um r uh double checking in either books or online um to make my code better um or recently um i don't know if i should say this um chat gpt is helpful too we're we're very at my company we're very open with it i know in school it's it's a little bit more of a controversial topic but um it's it's been it's been helpful there but yeah uh yeah that's uh, a a good amount of coding i'd say it's it's important I love that you brought up writing and report writing because so often I know I didn't think I was like okay science will have like a science report here and there but a lot of science is a lot of writing and in the last couple episodes of this podcast actually we've talked a lot about how creativity and science kind of go hand in hand so I think it's I don't know did you want to touch on that a little bit more about if creativity has anything to do with your day to day? Yeah, I'd say creativity is very important. Usually it's it's easy to just kind of think that with statistics that you just understand everything at some point and that there's nothing more to do and that and and there's definitely a bit of a temptation to think that oh the computer once I have once I have enough computer code written, I it'll just be automatic and I won't have to do anything. And there's conveniences that come with having good coding skills and and things set up that you can repeat. But I think that part is is what takes away from some of the creativity. And what's important in, in this field is always thinking of ways to solve problems. And you need creativity for that. So you need to be thinking of what, what are some other ways that I could approach this problem? And what are some other ways that I could analyze this data that would be valid and that would help to reduce the bias um, in, in the data and in the analysis, because bias is always an issue um, in, in health research. And it's always a very big concern because we need to be as unbiased as possible and as focused on getting the most representative sample that we can of our population. So I think for, for, those, for those major things, creativity is very important because it keeps you, it keeps you active, it keeps you engaged, it keeps you reading and thinking about how you can solve problems. And I guess this might also come back to planning where you want to have a strong plan so that you can kind of problem solve before the problems turn into unsolvable problems or before your entire database is skewed or biased or anything like that. Exactly, and I think I think it's planning and creativity can go hand in hand. Um, you can plan for creative time um so you can you can set part of your day to be a time to do research and, and a time to think um and a time to think about how to how to tackle the problem more um so it, it can really yeah it, it can go it, it doesn't it doesn't have to be one or the other 
Um, so it's kind of switch gears a little bit here. Um, do you have a favorite science or industry kind of thing that you've done before? I would say I, I really like the work that we do at my company right now is um, really interesting because we do we do something called indirect comparisons. Um, and indirect comparisons are basically trying to compare di two different studies um, that didn't didn't compare something within the studies. So it's taking data from one study, taking data from another study and putting them together and and doing it in the right way. And I find there's a lot there's a lot of um, nuance and there's a lot of um, interesting um, uh, pitfalls that you can fall into um, if you are not careful. So it's 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 uh, it's something that you need to uh, really be thinking about and be working as a team on. Um, so I, I find I find that is is very um, rewarding when we get when we uh, complete a, a project in, in in that area and um, are able to deliver something really uh, helpful to our clients um, because they gain um, valuable information from from seeing uh, the comparisons that we have to make uh, that that they wouldn't otherwise be able to see if they just read what's published. I think one of my favorite things. Um, coming from a research background was when I could actually connect the dots as well and have something here and have something here and finally make a connection and have it not confirmed because science is always like evolving. And that's a whole other discussion for a podcast that's much longer than 30 minutes about whether or not things can be confirmed for real. But yeah. having things like, OK, because we did this, this happened. That was one of the coolest and most rewarding things. And it sounds like to be able to do that on such a large scale with different like health studies, I can see how that would be really rewarding and just really wicked and cool. Yeah, making making connections is really that's the best part. I I really I enjoy it. Um, it's it, it makes you feel like you uh, have have some expertise in an area, and that's that's something that uh, is is very rewarding, and it's it's very it's very helpful, and and clients appreciate it um, too when they when they know that you're a reliable expert. So, kind of the last question here. Um, this is kind of similar to the billboard question. What is one thing you think everyone should know about your topic? You will probably need to do statistics at some point, but you don't need to do too much, and and it's something that you, you can approach it, take some time, think about it, and come back to it. You don't have to force it. Um, and I think that's really something that that dissuades people from doing going down math and statistics in general is they they will run into a wall and get frustrated. And you will get frustrated probably, and you will make mistakes, but just just give it some time. Take some time um, and 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 see uh, see what turns out. and 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 how important it is to talk to people and, and be social um, about the, the problems you're you're having and and how what they think would be a good solution. So, yeah, I think patience and, and being being kind of talkative and a good team player. So important. And I think being a good team player is important for every job, but maybe sometimes not something you'd think about when you're thinking about really hard math. But I mean, it's important everywhere. Just to kind of wrap up, is there any kind of question you'd like to go back to or anything else you'd kind of like to say or expand on? I guess uh, if if statistics, if biostatistics um, doesn't sound 
um, too appealing to you. There's also just statistics in general, which is something that would be used across the board for any for any science. And there's a lot of overlap there. There's different levels of of uh, precision needed in different different areas of interest, but you can really add statistics and pair it to any other science industry, and and you'll be able to work with um, researchers and work with labs um, easier. A hundred percent. If you're going into science or thinking about going into science, statistics are going to be there, so you might as well try to have a good relationship with statistics and uh, try to make them your friend. <laughs> exactly. Well, thank you so much, Colin. I learned so much today. It was so good to talk to you. Yeah, thanks. Thanks a lot for having me, Mab. It was it was great to be a part of this. A humongous thank you to Colin for joining us today on What Do Scientists Do? I had a great time learning about biostatistics. And as always, a ginormous thank you to everybody listening out there. If you're commuting, if you're in the back of your parent and guardian's car, if you're biking home safely with a helmet on and obeying all traffic signals, I hope you're having a great time listening as well. For more science fun, you can find us on Twitter or Instagram at supernova at DAL. Do you have a question that you'd like answered by one of our experts? Send us an email or a voice recording at what do scientists do at superstaff.ca and we might just answer a question on the phone. Show. No phone. Thank you so much for listening and we will see you but not hear you next episode. Bye-bye for now. This show was made by Supernova at Dalhousie University, a network member of Actua. For more information on our workshops, summer camps, and more, visit supernova.dal.ca.